afternoon. Uh, listen, no, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> you want me to open it up? Mm, if you want. <laughs> All right, give me a second. Bwah, ha, 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 ha. If you're here, it's already too late. I've taken over the entirety of the Hey Listen Radio Network. You're... Okay, this didn't go as well as I thought. Uh, yeah. NAGP. Back up in that ass with the resurrection. Yep. I like that. <laughs> uh, that's jumper cables. I am jumper cables. Yes, and I am Michael... You know, I feel like I get away without saying my name a lot on these Angelina. Things. I, I don't know. Is Mike or Mike? Whatever, whatever the fuck. I don't it's know. usually Mike. Michael. You need a nickname. I am your host, uh, filling in for Joseph Burchette. Once again this week, another episode of NAGP Resurrection. Um, this time he's uh, hunting down assassins that attempted to kill his family. Sure. We pray for his success. Uh, so yeah, we're gonna do a little bit of uh, what you've been playing to start, and then uh, do the news, and then our topic today, this week, we're gonna talk about ambitious games. Uh, yeah, ambition. What games lived up to their promises and were ambitious? What weren't? Etc. I'm just like a mess right now. I can't phrase things properly. We're, we're all a mess. Um, yeah. And that'll be it. You been playing anything? Um, Soul Calibur 5, but honest to God, I use that more as a creative tool than I've ever like really gotten into it. Um, I can't speak for 4. I'm going to pick that up because I think it has a better creative character. Mm. Um, but uh, 5 kind of fell off in that it it was when they decided to just do, not really do away but kind of cast aside anyone whose interest in the game was the single player and to a lesser extent the creative player and just the story in general. I mean there's a legit story mode here but they've gone full on into just competitive play, which I guess may have worked for a time, but it really alienated a lot of people, myself included. Yeah, I feel like those games, really, now that I think about it, I spent a lot of time with the single players. Like, Threes was amazing. Yeah. It let me, like, role play. It's like, you know, give everybody a gimmick and have, like, a cool, like... Yeah, and shit with all these characters that I created. Yeah, but uh, I didn't play too much of four or five. Four was the one, uh, first one on PS3 and 360, right? Yeah, yeah. Is that the one with the fucking Yoda and Darth Vader and shit? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think I remember being upset that I don't know if you couldn't create a character with a lightsaber or if you had to unlock it, but I remember I couldn't do it. I was mad. Yeah. I can understand that. Yeah. But I didn't really mess with 5 that much either, I don't think. Yeah, 5, it's got like an infinitely smaller cast in comparison to everyone else. I mean, I thought I would love it because they finally 
did the thing I was saying they needed to do since uh, at the original Soul Calibur, which is like what they did in Tekken Three. Just do the next the next generation, mm-hmm. which they did, and I'm just amazed by how unenthused I am. <laughs> like yeah. playing it, like it's I don't know bad. if it just like they just went too long before doing it, or if it was more like uh. Like I said, that divorcing of, or from, rather, the single player, the, just the vibe, the epic tale of Swords and Souls returnally retold, and... Yeah. That, uh... I don't know. Yeah, it's just, a lot of the charm was lost. Yeah. But maybe, uh... Maybe I'll try and pick up number four at some point. Fuck around with the creative character. Yeah, I'd say that's the best, if not only, reason to get these games now is the creative character, which is good. It's a very useful creative tool for me since um, I'm not sure if it's fair to say I don't or just outright can't really draw anymore. (laughs) (sighs) Anyway, uh... I haven't been playing much. It's the same shit I've been saying for the last few weeks. Fortune mm-hmm. and Tag 2. Uh, I've uh, finally been meaning to stick some uh, Hotline Miami 2 tracks in there. So oh, nice. That's been pretty fun. It always makes it feel a little fresher. Yeah, I've been meaning to do that, but I've lost track of the disc. Mm. And I hope it's not broken somewhere. Yeah. We need to play some more of that. Yeah. At some point. But other than that, um, I don't think I've been playing anything. I feel like I played something. I don't know. More Skate 3. But uh, anyway, let's just jump into the news. The news. All right. Uh, <clears throat> so it's Gamescom, so there's some news coming out of there. Um, we might have a little bit more specific. Well, a lot of this is from Gamescom. Um, but I feel like. Not a lot, but next week we'll probably have a better roundup. Uh, so the first, this first thing is uh, just some preview impressions from Steve Wright at Survivor. I've never heard of. Uh, it's just a look at Titanfall's single-player campaign. Basically, he's just going over. Kind of they they had like a behind closed doors meeting for like a couple hours with the devil, the developers, and they're. He almost said the devil. <laughs> with the devil, <laughs> <laughs> with their sponsor, <laughs> the devil. Yeah, I want my site or my I want my survivor site to have hits. Here you go. Uh, but anyway, so yeah, they showed him it behind closed doors. Um, the screenshots look pretty. Uh, basically, they were you know gave a presentation and were like saying that they fucked up by not having single player. They're like, not a lot of people play it, but like a lot of people want it and they're loud. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, supposedly an eight-hour campaign. And uh, they kind of just go over like the different types of gameplay. Like, there's uh, there's like on foot, and then there's like, you know, the traversal with your jetpacks, and then of course there's fighting inside the Titan. Mm-hmm. They kind of wrap it up by saying that there's going to be boss battles. Um, they kind of went over the story beats a little bit. There's a 
your Titan has a personality now and, like, takes care of you. It has, like, three directives, and it's, like, uh, forget. One of them's, like, take care of the pilot, and one of them's, like, take care of uh, the mission, and then, like, the mission's more important than the, the pilot. Three main Titan protocols. You get the idea. Yeah. I guess there was originally, like, in the first game, there was a uh, some kind of story to the multiplayer that uh, people played a lot. So, yeah. What are you thoughts on this? Um, I'm definitely interested. As it seemed like the gameplay was on point, so I was kind of curious of uh, the narrative when it first came out. But I liked the uh, the means to really play it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it seems like, I mean, just, just based on the nature of the gameplay, like, the freneticness of it, and it's like you can fight on every front, that this could have been, like, a really interesting war to be a part of. And getting all that on top of, like, a, uh, <laughs> robot bro. Could <laughs> Yeah, Jumbo Cables loves his giant robots. I do. So yeah, they, there's a little bit about they have. I guess they have some brainstorming sessions, kind of to design their like big set pieces. And uh, they said, what did they say? They said something about that was kind of interesting. I don't know, but they basically they were kind of teasing that they're going to be, you know, they put a lot of thought into every level and experience and little bite size, which is good to hear from Respawn because that's what. I loved about their Call of Duty games, and what I recently beat Modern Warfare 3, and I feel like Infinity War really, like, they went all out for the mm-hmm. campaign with that. Like, it was, it was, like, extraordinary. It was crazy. It was so over the top and so fun. Um, and then it's weird that the studio that kind of pioneered that method of storytelling, that's kind of, like, been refined, but they were the first ones to come out with Modern Warfare I don't want to say the first, but you know, to tell like a really compelling narrative through just the the first person user experience. So it was weird that they got away from that with Titanfall. Mm-hmm. And I'm sort of excited. I'll probably wait for reviews on that. I'm curious. I hope it does well. The next is a uh, an announcement from Microsoft, posted on their official Microsoft blog by Chad Gibson. They've acquired the Beam Interactive Live Streaming Service. Uh, yeah, so what is this exactly? Let's see. Beam, an innovative interactive live streaming service that gives viewers the ability to watch and play along with their favorite game streamers in real time. So, based in Seattle, Beam has evolved from has evolved game streaming from a passive watch and chat experience into one with real-time participation by the viewer, directly into a streamer's gameplay and live broadcast. Let's see, using Minecraft as one example, with Beam you don't just watch your favorite streamer play, you play along with them. You can give them new challenges and make real-time choices that affect their gameplay, from tool selection to quests to movement, all through simple visual controls. We at Xbox are excited about this convergence between playing and watching. So, it seems pretty basic. Mm. Um, and it, it seems I don't know it's like multiplayer but not mm-hmm. uh, like uh, you're just kind of fucking with people's game I see or you know I don't know it's weird what do you make of this um I I guess there's some means of like 
I can only assume it's like connected to maybe like your console or something and just gives you the option to hop in. Maybe there's like a sort of like a, uh what's like like a queue system or something like that, kind of like when you do Tekken online or Tekken, well Tekken Revolution in particular where you have like the room and you've got everyone queued up to like play against each other or something. That's my guess. I haven't seen mm. this in action. So or maybe it's like a RE6 kind of where they jump in as the monsters and stuff. Uh possibly. But it, probably more in a subdued way, like not directly playing. It's more like probably like a number of users are like watching and yeah. and like maybe it uh like say if you're playing something um, and there's like branching paths in terms of like level progression maybe like you can have the users vote and then the voting will actually instead of whoever's playing just picking based on the votes yeah, it just does it for them I kind of don't this is such a feels like such a small acquisition like I don't know what they get out of this because it because that sort of thing is already like on a game by game basis as far as like how multiplayer and interaction works. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the kind of thing where I see it's like they just bought it, so maybe that they can do something else that they were already planning to do yeah. similar, but I, I don't I don't know. I, I don't see this becoming like a, a giant thing, but maybe it is. I don't know. I guess they're trying to capitalize on... Because I think... Uh, is Twitch exclusive to PS4? Mm, yeah. Wait, yeah. was it PS4 or was it Xbox? I think it's PS4. Oh, no, no, no. I'm, I'm mixing it up. Yeah, it's PS4. My bad. Yeah, so they're probably just trying to get a leg up in that regard as to be like, hey, come over here. We have this feature on our streaming shit. Yeah, check out our shit. Yeah, you can interact with it, but it's like, I don't know. It seems kind of like a a haphazard way of doing things that can already be done. Yeah. We'll see. I, I don't know what to make of that. More X-Bone news. The X-Bone has outsold the PS4 for July 2016. Damn. Yeah, so thanks to a strong showing at this year's E3 and a significant price drop, X-Bone successfully outsold PS4 in July and may do it again in August. And I think this has to do with the launch of the Xbox One S as well. It's affected sales. Yeah. Um, Which looks pretty good. Yeah, like it's just... Kind of a streamlined a few things, smaller, maybe a little faster. Does 4K, mm-hmm. but uh, it's not the Scorpio. Nope. So yeah, I'm, I mean, uh, this is from Game Rant by Boston Blake, and they made a point that typically uh, sales during these months are slow to begin with. So how much it outsold. It outsold it, but neither console probably sold that much to begin mm-hmm. with. Yeah. But hey, <laughs> on paper, they can claim it as a win. Yeah, that's a start. It's a well, it's a potential start, I should yeah. say. Have you ever considered getting an X Bone? Well, that that one S looks pretty sexy. 
I'm not going to lie. But yeah. uh, other than that, not really. I mean, if anything, I'm trying to get out of the console game altogether. I'm just tired, Mike. <laughs> so tired. Also, if you're trying to get out of the console game, like the most backwards thing to do would be to buy an Xbox where all of the games are literally on PC. On PC. Even more X-Bone. So this is a, a little article by Tony Polanco over at Geek.com. Uh, it's a, it's a Project Scorpio is the forever Xbox console generations are over. So what they're kind of basically speculating, it's a short article, just talking about how Scorpio... During a recent interview, head of Xbox Games Marketing, Aaron Greenberg, said he believes that Project Scorpio will be the last Xbox console. This doesn't mean that Microsoft will stop producing Xbox systems altogether. We'll continue to manufacture new consoles, just not in the way we're used to. So they're ba- basically it's an, article, an article about saying Microsoft hopes to emulate the iterative nature of smartphones and PCs with the next Xbox. Um, as such, we should expect to see updated SKUs of the Scorpio every two to three years. Um, it wouldn't, wouldn't need to create a new Xbox uh, system when you have a periodically upgraded. I, I, On the I like one hand, this might be what we've been looking for, mm-hmm. <laughs> hoping for, praying for. Yeah. I'd, I'd rather see... Because the way they kind of word it here, it kind of seems like... And I'm hoping it's not just an infinite loop of, okay, every console we produce from now on will be backwards compatible. Um what I want to see is more of like we've talked about it before it being more of a modular thing where you just upgrade parts every mm-hmm. once in a while you don't have to dump uh, yeah it's it's uh, maybe uh, somewhere between 40 and 100 every once in a while versus like every few years Five hundred dollars, and it's time to replace your games library. Because uh, they've announced all the specs and shit, but also every game would be forwards compatible. Mm-hmm. That's right, or every console. So you buy one, and you don't. So you you, would, you don't necessarily need to upgrade, but if you can, things will look better. But I feel like that eventually, that you know, enough years of that. Um, and you will have to upgrade, but it's still... I don't know. I guess I'm for this. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they do it right. Um. Yeah, I would have to see it in action to be absolutely certain. I am somewhat hopeful that mm-hmm. this could be, you know, just, just an end to this console shit, because they, they don't really... They don't really matter now. It's just like, okay, who can do this type of console better than the other, and... What it ultimately means is huge pain in the ass worrying about which games are going to be available for what. Yeah. I, I bitch and moan about this all the time, but I don't remember what exact generation it was. But So what was it? PS2, original Xbox, Dreamcast, and GameCube. The consoles were distinctive. And that was maybe like the last time each console was distinctive from the other. Yeah. And if I'm not getting that, I'm kind of not interested. Yeah. They're, it's it's more they're just becoming, and even the parts inside are just becoming like PCs. And I don't know, I guess I see this, depending on what Sony does, I feel like Sony 
when they saw the Scorpio shit kind of reacted and pulled back. And we'll see what they're, they're going to announce in a couple weeks uh, what the PS4K is all about, or the Neo, rather. Um, I don't know. I kind of see this in the future. Just consoles will look like um, user-friendly PCs. Yeah. Could be. Next article, PC Invasion from Paul Younger. Uh, this is about Nordic Games renaming themselves to THQ Nordic. So, yeah. wait, Nordic Games, what did they make? I don't know. Well, that was kind of the big thing, was when they... when they It was announced that they were acquiring all of THQ's IP. Mm-hmm. People were like, who the fuck is Nordic Games? Ah, uh, okay, so... That's kind of what their statement says... Well, it says one could say the most defining moment of our company having it happened in 2013, grabbing headlines like "Who the fuck is Nordic Games?" Mm-mm-mm. Yeah, they don't really say. I think, I think the reason why they rebranded themselves is because now people can look at it and be like, "Oh, THQ." Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. So, and they're saying they have 23 projects in development, and 13 of them are still to be revealed to the public. Jeez. Um, busy, busy. But yeah, I'm looking at uh, their Wikipedia page from all the franchises that they now own. Um, stuff that sticks out, Titan Quest, I never played it, but I recognize the name. Mm-hmm. Uh, Darksiders, which people seem to like. Uh, Stuntman. Remember that? Uh, I remember the, I remember the commercials for it. They were, like, making fun of actors, calling them, like, these, like, prima donna divas that don't do shit and trying to make the stunt guy seem like the coolest dude ever. I don't remember. But, uh, Juiced. I never played that. The name rings a bell, but I don't remember what it is <laughs> yeah, exactly. it was a racing game. Juiced. I don't know what the outfit is. Uh, Destroy All Humans. Now. Oh, yeah. That was a nice idea. Yeah. Um, Men of Valor. Mm-hmm. I had the I had the demo for that. It was a Vietnam FPS, and the main character was voiced by Phil Lamar. Ah, I like him. Yeah, I like him too. I don't know that I ever played the full game, but they also have Full Spectrum Warrior. Now I remember that name. I actually played that a bit. How was it? Well, I had the demo, and then I rented that in the sequel a lot. It was fun. Um, it's like a. I was just reading an, an article in Edge about this. Um, they kind of went over the development cycle. It kind of started as like an army training program. Mm-hmm. For, uh, because I guess, you know, there lots of units had Xboxes around, but uh, they were saying that like all they were playing was FPSs and that teaches mm-hmm. like the wrong shit that you like don't want to do. I see. Um so they made this game, and it's more meditative, and the the real purpose is to help your have your squad survive, and sometimes avoid conflict. Or actually, they were saying that when they were watching uh, squad leaders play it, a lot of that they didn't account for was instead of engaging an enemy like in an FPS, you know, to progress mm-hmm. through the way, they would a lot of times just find ways around the enemy. Yeah. So. Yeah, but that had an interesting arc. It kind of did that. They did these two games that they released, and then now there's like a version of it that's used to treat like soldiers' PTSD. Oh, yeah. that's interesting. 
So they they like create scenarios for people to work through or something. Oh, okay. Uh, anyway, so I'd I'd love to see another one of those out of everything on this list. Um, I kind of don't care about any of the other stuff. Mm-hmm. Seems like their big thing is uh, army games and racing. Yeah. Well, I also skipped over a lot of shit that I just had no idea what it was. Ah, okay. Uh, but they have a lot. Uh, uh, let's see if they can come up with a runaway hit now that they've got the eyeballs on them. Yeah. Um, all right, so the next article is from Game Rant. Kyle Sledge. Uh, Golden Eye Source Mod returns with latest update. Did you watch this video? Uh, no. I never really played Golden Eye back in the day. So, you didn't play uh, Golden Eye? No, I didn't have a N64. Didn't really know anyone, or wasn't around anyone with any regularity that had one either. So I don't have any warm and fuzzies regarding that game. Oh, that's weird. I remember Phil Lee's birthday. <laughs> Big sleepover. Well, we played Perfect Dark that day. Yeah. But uh, I remember like I would go to like anybody's house, like just everybody. Just random people, like, and they would always have Goldeneye. Yeah, yeah. That was kind of that's kind of what like Street Fighter was for me. Street Fighter or Mortal Kombat. Everybody had some form of, uh, basically, had some form of Street Fighter, and um, mine was the house with Mortal Kombat. But yeah, I got a lot of good memories. I mean, it looks it looks cool. It looks pretty true to the gameplay. Like they didn't. They didn't, mm-hmm. like, you know, add, like, going prone or, like, aiming down the sights or anything like that. It's pretty, it's pretty golden eye ish golden eye It's golden eye with a fresh coat of paint. Okay. In the source mod. Um, they added some new game modes, and uh, they got some people to do remixes of the score and stuff, so. Mm-hmm. It's pretty thorough. Especially we did all the levels, too. Okay. Um, so it's just kind of it's kind of like a GoldenEye HD. Yeah, pretty much. It's pretty cool. Um, yeah. So yeah, next is uh, just some trailers. There's like three videos of uh, or a few videos, just news about from from Ubisoft about the Stick of Truth, or not the Stick of Truth, but the fractured butt hole. Yeah. Um. I know, it looks good. When did this come out? Um, I'm not sure, but yeah, I'm really wanting to play that. I may have to, like, get the PC version of uh, Stick of Truth and recreate my character. Since, um, I think in order to transfer my PS3 character over, I would need a PS4, which we've already established I'm not fucking with. I don't know if there is character transferring. There better be. I I don't think there is. Character went on an epic journey of self-discovery. I'm pretty sure they said that there's not. Lame. Because it just it's like restarting. It's a whole new game. Blah. Like, okay. Okay. Like, it's a whole new genre. Like they're doing superheroes. Yeah, but this is supposed to be the following day. Doesn't this thing start with it's like what are you doing? We're playing superheroes now. Yeah. Yeah, but like your character is supposed to walk in as the. Uh, I haven't beaten it yet. Wow, that's not 
really a spoiler, but like, mm. suffice to say, your character walks in playing the shit they were doing in Stick of Truth. Hmm. And they're like, fuck off, we're doing something else. Yeah. I guess, but that's probably like... That's probably like two minutes that your transferring would pay off. Mm, I guess. Yeah. I suppose you're right, I'm just not happy about it. Yeah, I think they, they said so, because I think people were asking about that, like PS3 saves to PS4, and they were like... It doesn't matter. But I could be wrong. I don't remember. Eh. However it goes. December ni- December 6th. And you get a copy of The Stick of Truth if you pre-order it. Um, and then there's this other thing called the uh, Nauseulist Rift. Uh, making yeah. fun of VR. It's a Kojima... T- and it's real. There are journalists who have tried it. It works. <laughs> So what this is is the thing you strap on your head, but instead of covering your eyes, it covers your nose. And uh, every time you fart in the game, it delivers the scent to you. That's right. Smell-o-vision. And we're using it to hit you with poo gas. Yeah. This was uh, something Kojima-san talked a lot about back in the day. I didn't know why, but that always stuck with me that he he talked about that. He was like, "Oh, I wish I could have like something, a device where you could, you could give them the sense of smell." Mm-hmm. I guess that's like the other than taste, it's like one of the last senses that has yet to be touched through games. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about this? About smell-o-vision? Yeah. Um, how, how much would you pay for this? At the moment, nothing. I ain't got that kind of money, but, like, if I did, I don't know if that's the first thing I'm going to jump to, especially since all they're offering me right now is poo gas. (laughs) I wonder if this is going to be commercially available. Um, I have no idea. Uh, It's definitely weird. I feel like something like this would work really well in, like, a survival game. Having to smell for certain things, certain resources, you can actually smell an animal coming. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. They don't give any details about availability of this. No, it doesn't say. So, I don't know. Uh, It won't be for sale. It's just available for use at special events. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it seemed pretty elaborate. Yeah. It's still pretty cool. I enjoyed that. Of marketing. Yeah. That's it. Congrats. I mean, kudos to the uh, Ubisoft marketing department. That's great. Complete with like videos like <laughs> sucking the product's dick. <laughs> kind of like that video of Scorpio. So Jason Schreier at Kotaku reports Final Fantasy 15 officially delayed to November 29th. Uh, I'm okay with this. Yeah. Did you watch the video? No, I read a little bit of dialogue about it, though. Yeah. So it's uh, it's from uh, Hajime Tabata. He's just in a video, and he looks haggard as fuck. He looks so tired. Yeah, they're wearing his ass out. Yeah, his circles are like or his. He's beyond circles. He's like his. The bags on his eyelids have have bags. On a on a scale of really tired. To MGS5 Kojima, 
Now, this is more than that for sure. I don't think Kojima got really tired on on five. Well, I guess at the end. Yeah, that's right. But uh, that I was, remember us commenting on him looking like hell. Yeah, he did. He looked like shit. But I think it was more emotional trauma. Mm-hmm. And I think Hajime it probably has had more physical trauma. Yeah. But uh, so anyway, it, it's it's more like MGS two then, mm. where Kojima son got himself sick. Yeah, maybe I don't know. But uh, he just comes out and he says he says that they they finished the game like the main game like it was done, it was going to be shipped, it was ready, um, and that they're immediately preparing like a day one patch. Um, and then he he said that. I, the reasoning was strange. I kind of got the feeling that he was parroting something that maybe some higher up said to him. Mm-hmm. Um, which, but that doesn't make sense because why would a higher up want to delay it? They'd want to get it out. But mm-hmm. it, it sounds strange. He's like very much statement like something about the quality of this and that. And well, what he said was um, that you know we want it to be on the disc because some players don't have access to the internet mm-hmm. and I or not everyone will be able to patch it on day one mm-hmm. so we want our full experience on the disc so oh, that. you can okay. put the disc and play it um, which is fine um, I mean No Man's Sky just did the the day one patch and they had some issues with reviewers and people getting getting a hold of the copy beforehand and talking about it but um it felt really strange for him to say that because not everyone has an internet connection. It's like... I could see that argument and I would have made it myself for that. Like, maybe like... Even like eight years ago. Or like, you know, mm-hmm. at the start of the PS3 generation. But at this point, I feel like that's kind of a strange thing to say. Um, yeah, and a very strange thing to like delay your game based on. Yeah, there may be another reason that they're just kind of not wanting to uh, cap to. But yeah, it seems like <laughs> uh, there's a picture of uh, displays uh, and stickers they're handing out to put over the old release date. <laughs> yeah, so it went from September 30th to now it's going to be available on uh, November 29th. I'm okay. More time so, for them to work on it. So it's like two months. So yeah, I mean, I guess this is a good thing. But at the same time, why not just do a day one patch? Um, But then again, see, the weird thing about it is they wouldn't have had time to to do the day one. So they need more time, basically. I get it now. They they weren't going to have the day one patch ready on Mm -hmm. time. So they're just going to give themselves more time and then just put it on the disc because mm-hmm. at that point why not put it on the disc yeah because their day one patch is really what was I see so interesting that makes me doubt whether or not the main game was actually finished if they were gonna yeah that's what I'm assuming based on that weird ass story they probably just yeah. weren't done yeah I don't think that. so what's on the disc probably wasn't gonna be done but then they were like we'll day one patch it and then they realized oh we need actually need more time to work on this day one patch but we can't put out a shitty game 
so let's just push the game back and then shove the patch onto the disc. So that's probably what happened. Yeah. I think that makes more sense. I am Again, I am okay with this. I just want shit to be good. Yeah. How long have you been waiting for this, Jumper Cables? Uh... <laughs> I've been pumped about it since it was called 13 Verses. Mm-hmm. When was that? When it like first came out. Around the time the original 13 came out. I feel like that was like fucking 10 years ago. I don't yeah. think it's been that long, but was it? I, it might. It may very well have been 10 years ago. Yeah, this is crazy. I, I don't know. Do you think there's any way this will live up to the hype? Um, I think as long as it's decent overall and exceptional in at least one way it should be enough to like create not even create not definitely not create new interest in Final Fantasy but bring back the old fans if they can do at least that they'll have something because Square had some uh, had a pretty hardcore fan base that they just drove away with a combination of like mediocrity and phoning it in and kind of I don't know if it was not caring or just kind of letting someone who should have gotten one game at the most go crazy because like 13 was a mess did you play it at all? Uh, I think I played a demo of it it's just like the more I looked at it the more confusing and irritating and like nonsensical it seemed and I, I was just I'm not sure well I think I've gone on gone on, on this before that uh, it felt like the Final Fantasy games up until about 11 had a point had a message had something they really wanted to say and I couldn't find any of that 13 hmm. I wasn't even sure about it in 12 yeah, I didn't get far enough in 12, but I did like what I played of 12. I thought the characters were interesting. They're kind of charming. Yeah, I, I've been saying it. I've been on the fence for on this game for, for a bit now, and I don't know. I'm definitely going to wait for the reviews on this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I feel like I might just be done with Final Fantasy yeah. in general. Because I fall into a very strange crack where I want or Final Fantasy VIII. Yeah. They're not going to do that. Which makes you a rare bird. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I am... The only thing that's, like, interesting to me that Square's doing is maybe the FF7 remake. Like, I'll probably check that out eventually. Yeah. But then it's like they're chopping it up, and... I, I don't know. We'll see. Oh, see. yeah. Um, fucking Kingsglaive. There's a... Advent Children style movie as yeah. that uh that that uh fifteen multimedia blitz and I'm kinda interested in that. Maybe watching that'll give me some ideas to what I can look forward to. Potentially yeah. forward to, I should say. I don't know. We'll see what the future holds for this series. So it's, it's sad that it's got to this. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully this shit will be good. Or, I mean, I'm kind of past the point of like, 
if it'll be good for me, like, hopefully other people will like it, because I feel like I won't really fuck with this. Yeah. Well, whatever. So, the next thing out of Gamescom is the trailer for Arkham VR. Hmm. Did you watch this? Uh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah? Oh, the last one... I don't know, it was just, like, random, like, cutscenes from other Arkham games. Is there anything of note here, or...? Yeah, that's why I put it in there. It's, uh, you actually get to see it. So, it's... It's actually a lot of people just sucking its dick. Like, people at a booth talking about how great it is. Yeah, that's Um, what I was trying to avoid. But there's... It it is sliced in with a lot of, uh, gameplay, so... It seems to be a lot of footage of him in the Batcave and you, like, reaching around, like, putting on the helmet. Uh, Oh, boy, Batman clumsily knocking shit over. Yeah, and looking at the, uh, and looking at all the gadgets and stuff. Uh, That's mainly what people are, like, talking about in this video. They're like, oh, so cool, I got to use all these gadgets, and I felt like I was Batman. It's always, like, the doofiest-ass SOB saying this shit. It's like I was really in the bad cave. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, but it looks pretty. It's very pretty. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It'll be an interesting experience. I'm kind of like... I'm assuming this is... I've, I've been assuming that this is going to be like a free thing release that you can just get. Mm-hmm. And you know, just go and download. <laughs> okay, never mind. It's coming to VR in October for 20 bucks. Uh, well, budget title, at least. Yeah, give you something to do. I mean, I guess if you're rich enough to buy PSVR. Yeah. It's still kind of... Like, I feel like it should just come with a bunch of... Like, they're not selling me... This trailer doesn't sell me on that this is anything but a tech demo. Yeah. Um, but they, I think somewhere I've heard them say, like, it's like a four-hour, like, real experience, so... 20 seems steep. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like they, it should have, like, free experiences for, you know, if you just drop all this money on it. But mm-hmm. that's what they're going to do. That's what they're going to do. And next, Nintendo of Europe's Twitter account. Pokemon Snap arrives on the v, the Wii U Virtual Console on Thursday. Oh, it, it wasn't already? Nope. Damn, they were slacking. That game is amazing. Yeah, it's great. It's on Virtual Console. That game needed to be out for a while now. That seems like like a should be like a go to. Like anytime you have Virtual Console or anything, put yeah. that on there. It's like it's it's uh, you know people like Pokemon as we we see with this Pokemon Go stuff, but it's a very like novel take on the formula. It's yeah. something different, but feels right within that yeah. world. You know. The real surprising thing is, like, why isn't there a Pokemon Snap 2 that came out with yeah. the Wii U? Seems like the Wii U would be perfect for it. Uh, maybe maybe we'll finally get another Snap with VR. God, I don't know if they're ever going to do VR, though. If we'll they're going to do a VR Pokemon game, that's the one you need to do. Yeah. I don't know. We just have all these ideas, and Nintendo's just, like, sitting over there with a thumb up their ass. Refusing to pay us. Yeah. When, Uh, come on, Nintendo, 
pay us. Yeah. We will hook you up. Yeah. So, uh, this uh, next article, I, I, I don't know if it'll particularly resonate with you, uh, but or me, really, but it's just like someone put a joke Half-Life 3 ad up at Gamescom. Uh, just tormenting people. Yeah, this is by Andrew Goldfarb at, at IGN. Um, said, placed prominently, the ad in question actually reads Half-Life 3, followed by the three words, editors who played it back then, joking that three employees of the company that that took out the ad once played the original Half-Life. Oh, I see. So it's for like a... It's just like... A big ad for their... Um, mm-hmm. Their fucking round table that they're going to have or something. I see. But uh, it begs the question, like, is that shit ever going to happen? Uh, I, at this point, I doubt it. Then again, we did eventually get Duke Nukem Forever. <laughs> yeah. Did you play the other Half-Lives? No. I never really got into them. I think, like, I got hit with some spoilers long before I was ever interested, so when I finally did become, I was like, oh, wait, I know how all this ends. I'm good. Yeah, I never really got into it either. Like, at all. But, uh... Yeah, I mean, if there were... I think if there were ever a game that was gonna, like be in development hell forever mm-hmm. and the delf- and the developer would be able to make that game I think it would be Valve mm-hmm. I think they might do it eventually mm-hmm. but if Final Fantasy 15 and Shadow of the Colossus and Shenmue 3 can get made why not this mm-hmm. oh yeah Last Guardian shit <laughs> yeah it comes out like, like in a couple months yeah that was shocking um, yeah, Shinmu 3, it's another one. Um, so, what is your, like, do you have something that is, like, that will be forever to be continued with you? Like, I'm saying like a lot. Something that got left on a cliffhanger that you'd like to see completed, but no, probably never will? Um, uh, well, it was Shinmu 3 for a long time. Mm-hmm. Getting that, so that's weird. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like they're not necessarily that. I feel like I'm missing something big, but um, not necessarily that. Uh, there's still like <laughs> shit in the Metal Gear universe that I would have liked to have seen, and now we're never gonna get to see. Um, mm-hmm. But that, that's fine. I'm fine with that. Um, yeah. I mean, it's more like games that I think would should that I would love to see another of, like Jet Grind Radio. Mm-hmm. I'd love to see another one of those. Yeah, that'd be cool. Um, maybe another Seaman. <laughs> Who would you want to voice the Seaman? <laughs> I don't know. Because, um, was it before Castle? Mark Ruffalo. Oh, there you go. <laughs> That would be fascinating. Mark Ruffalo in his greatest role. Seaman. Seaman. Yeah. It should just have his face, too. Yeah. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I would pay so much money for that. Vega, please do that. 
Give me Mark Ruffalo's Seaman. No, no, call it, yeah, call it Mark Ruffalo's Seaman. <laughs> oh, I would love that so much. God, that would be the greatest game ever. Fuck. I think we have the title of this episode, by the way. I know, and I can't wait to make that thumbnail and Photoshop. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the thing I wanted to mention was that uh, Castlevania had near the end of its uh, cycle before it became the God of War rip, and Iga got tossed aside. Basically, Konami started getting stupid. Um, they were hinting at events which were never really made a game of, which is Dracula actually being defeated in this huge battle that occurred in 1999 that involved, like, all the world's militaries and every hero in that <laughs> universe coming together. Man. It was like, I think it was literally called, like, the Demon Castle War or something like that. Like, it was a legit war. And that sounds cool. Yeah, and it was like the one game everyone was wanting to get. Like, there's characters in a game, I think it was called Ario Sorrow, that are present afterward, that were also there, some military guys, and you know, just everything you could have wanted in the castle. They would have been the perfect game to leave off on. Like, if they were going to give us like a last game, that would have been the one everyone wanted, but like we're never going to get it now. You know, Ega Ega's got his own company. He's doing his own shit. Bloodstained look looks amazing. And if if uh, Konami does bring back Castlevania, even if they tried to do this, which I know they won't, they're too busy making pachinko games. But yeah. it wouldn't be as good. It'd be something bizarre and batshit crazy, like we may talk about later. Yeah, uh, it's a. Uh well, I don't know. I can't really think of anything like that. I know there's something that I would like to see, but I can't remember what it was. But mm-hmm. I wish I could remember because I know it's like something that ended, and I was like, "Oh fuck, one more!" But I'm never gonna get it. Yeah. Other than Shenmue. Um. So yeah, and on that note of Konami being fuckers, uh, <laughs> Konami fuckery. They have announced a new Metal Gear game, and it's called Metal Gear Survive. Uh, I look plunk at, at, at uh, Kotaku. I wrote this article, and it's just, uh, let's see. I mean, it's really just a press release, though. Uh, Metal Gear Survive picks up from the ending of MGS5 Ground Zeroes to an alternate timeline caused by unexplained wormholes forming in the sky. Players find that, themselves... That right there. Players find themselves on distorted desert landscapes full of massive half-formed structures, living biological threats, and the remains of a once-strong military force now litter the landscape. In a struggle to stay alive on this harsh terrain filled with deadly creatures, soldiers who were previously on mother bases now work cooperatively to, pr- to survive. Uh, Metal Gear Survive continues the pedigree of MGS5's highly praised gameplay design with a unique blend of stealth and co-op play mechanics. Players can strategically manage massive threats with the help of four-player online cooperative play. New weaponry will be, be introduced uh, to combat charging creatures and lethal environments as well. Um, and Luke says, um, do they make a Resident Evil game by mistake? Uh, they made a Walking Dead game by mistake. <laughs> this is definitely MGS5 engine and gameplay meets Walking Dead. Um, I feel like 
a survival game serves the gameplay engine mechanics whatever of MGS5 really well this story batshit insanity doesn't even come close to doing what's going on here justice yeah they didn't give a fuck which is no. typical of Cap Capcom uh, Konami yeah they were straight up like uh, they were like it's a side story side timeline thing or whatever the fuck like, but, uh, you could remove the wormhole thing make this its own game use the engine and it's fine but they want to attach Metal Gear to something yeah I mean I I don't know if I'm I don't know about this like it's stupid. I mean, it might be fun to play, but it's fucking stupid, and it's only fun to play because of what Kojima created. Yeah, pretty much. There's spears and, like, bows and arrows and shit. And all the enemies have the horns. Like <laughs> horns. Yeah, that's funny. Come on. Yeah, I know. I mean, it's kind of like on paper, they they gave me two things that I thought the game was really missing. I think MGS5 would have been like perfect, not perfect, but it would have been so much fun with co-op, mm-hmm. and uh, it was kind of missing a lot of some survival elements. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's cool, but uh, this whole like fantasy thing, like maybe they're just trying not to fuck with Kojima's timeline too much, which I don't know why they would care by going to an alternate timeline. But I feel like there would have been room for. This story just, like, set in the normal Metal Gear universe? Like, Yeah, you, it, you have survivors of that yeah. first attack hiding out elsewhere. I mean, yeah. there's, what, a ten-year period? Nine years, yeah. Nine years, yeah. Yeah. Um, but then they're doing this, so... I just wonder about, like... It's very gameplay-focused, uh, this trailer, so... I feel like that's the only good thing they got. They clearly don't have a writer. Yeah, so I'm wondering if this is going to be like a budget title or something, but yeah, probably just a cash in on the name. Yeah. And what Kojima left them before they tried to make him commit seppuku. Yeah. Sorry, Sudoku. <laughs> Sudoku? Yeah. <laughs> the the math game? <laughs> that okay. was the joke. Okay. Um, there's another little thing. Let's see. <laughs> uh, Brian Ashcraft put a little article together called The Internet Reacts to Konami's New Metal Gear Game. Let's see. Here's a uh, NeoGAF thread. What? What the fuck? Well, motherfuckers, what? What, why, wait, okay, okay, yeah, fuck it, I'll buy it. <laughs> this is the type of game to get no hype whatsoever for how preposterous, preposterous it is, but will probably end up being an amazing game. Right, guys. Uh, someone says, well, that's not Chapter 3. Someone says, holy shit, that actually looks pretty cool. Someone else says, this isn't Pachinko. Uh, at least it's not a mobile game. More attempts at the survival genre will help progress it, right? 
MGS gameplay with no Kojima stuff. Interesting. Uh, weren't they done with console gaming? Uh, what? Yeah. People are confused. Yeah, rightfully so. This game clear out of nowhere. Well, I was waiting to see when they would make this move, and they've made it, and it seems like a half step. But, uh... The next move that I'm still waiting for them to see is to make a full-on game with story, which I don't know if this has really a story, but um, I think they'll probably pull David Hayter back into the fold Yeah. at some point to try and cater mm-hmm. and confuse. Yeah. Conflict. Yeah. <clears throat> Definitely. I don't know. Will you play it? Um... I don't think I'm gonna maybe if I can catch it on some kind of sale on the cheap really the ideal situation is is I find some way to like borrow it or rent it yeah uh, I don't I don't like the idea of giving Capcom money at the moment you mean Konami Konami I keep saying Capcom mm. I don't know why there's some Freudian shit going on here yeah I absolutely don't want to give them money either but yeah. Co-op MGS5, but it's also not like if it's all like this zombie shit like that looks fucking yeah. Stupid. I hate that. Yeah, it's fucking dumb. But it said it's gonna have like stealth. Well, I don't know. Um, if you wanted to do something with the MGS5 engine, Konami, make an MMO, make a Foxhound, not Foxhound, or Outer Heaven MMO. Make the game I've been wanting for so long. I think that's beyond them. Yeah, they'd probably have to care to do that. Yeah. I mean... Uh, I wish they... I Like, the one thing I actually... That I would buy for them is... From them is the MGS3 remake. Mm-hmm. Like, really, just like... Just... Just... Like, just like wait, wait, like, a, like an HDified MGS3? Or are we talking MGS3 with MGS5 mechanics? Yeah, M- MGS... Fox Engine MGS3. Because we already have HD. Uh, yeah, okay. Gear. Yeah, so that's probably like on the level of Dream Project as MG is, uh, sorry, RE2 with RE4 controls. Yeah, but we've talked about this before um, about how the, the Pachinko machine looks like it could have been an aborted remake or. Yeah. Or who knows why they made those assets, mm-hmm. um, or if they really just did just that to really make a pachinko love their machine. pachinko. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, as much as I want to believe that they they do it, um, I really don't see them putting out a pachinko machine with those graphics, and then at a later date announcing the remake. I think you'd want to blow everyone's minds. See, it's sad because I feel like that's a winning formula. Like, you could literally create the money needed to make the actual game by creating the Machinko machine (laughs) with this shit. Create the hype for the game, test out the graphic. Uh, Konami, pay me. (laughs) Yeah. I will, uh see what they're doing over there then that there <laughs> that them there the other the, yeah yeah 
Um, get your just, shit. Put it all in the bag. Get it just together. Do it. I will give. I would. Then this is terrible. Like goes against my principles. I would pay sixty dollars for that for Snake Eater with with in the Fox Engine. Mm-hmm. If you do it, I'll do it. Yeah. I'd, I'd pay them a hundred for that uh, Outer Heaven MMO. Mm. Yeah, I always wanted more like I wanted more strategy, like not more like RTS. Oh, well, that could work too. But like that was my dream project is to someday be able to be like big boss and like commanding troops on the field and stuff. I thought that would always be really fun. But then like, co-op would would have been you know. That was my other thing I always wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, HD co-op in a full Metal Gear game, but uh, mine was create a character in RPG elements. Yeah, they did create a character somewhat. Like I want to put myself in that world and fight shit. <laughs> well, you can in MGS Five, uh, but uh, yeah, I don't know that. <laughs> Metal Gear Survive is the answer. It's clearly not. Us. Why would they not. do that and not just the Snake Eater remake? It doesn't make sense. Uh, they, I think they're trying to they're trying to have it both ways, uh, cash in on the MGS name and distance themselves from Kojima. Actually, you know what? The, in that's a single right. stroke. That's right, because they would have to put his name on shit. Like you can't like original creator, yeah. Well, yeah, not just that, but, like, director of all the cutscenes and, like, mm-hmm. you know, game design and everything. Like, it's Yeah. Everybody yeah. on those old teams has to be credited, and mm-hmm. it's not that, so they might not be willing to do that anymore. Um, yeah. What a weird world we live in. Mm-hmm. But, so I guess that probably won't happen. Yeah, better enjoy it, lest some, warp hole, some wormhole open up and suck you into another one. So this next thing is a trailer out of Gamescom for uh, Namco Bandai's new game called Get Even. Uh, what was the name of that game? Um, it was a game that came out on the... Was it the 360? Like the 360 when it first came out? Um, I think Was it called Condemned? It's like a first-person horror-ish game. Yeah. Yeah, it feels like that. <laughs> I guess I could see that. I think I played the demo for that. <laughs> I played a lot of demos. Yeah. I remember uh, watching Ed play through that game. It was kind of funny. Uh, I think at one point he just kind of swung at the air and hit something fleshy. <laughs> As is want to happen in survival horror games. Though, come to think of it, that was just a habit of his, because I think at one point he, like, was playing Doom 3, shoved a chainsaw into a shadow, and blood shot out. Mm. Uh, yeah, how do you feel about this? Um, I guess I'm curious to see more. I don't know if it'll ultimately be something I'm chomping at the bit to play. Uh, horror games, especially first-person horror games, have like seen like a huge. Uh, I don't know. There's been a lot of them. Yeah. On like Steam and PC, 
And while they're all pretty good and very much good about creating the scares, they're not doing the thing I want to see survival horror games do. So I'm kind of like, okay, until something like that comes out, or I'm just like... It's weird to say burnt out, since I haven't played a bunch of these games, but there's just kind of like, it feels like the market's oversaturated. Yeah, well, what were you... What would you want them to do? Well, um, the th- the game I always go back to in regards to survival horror and what I think needs to be the focus is uh, Clock Tower. So in those games... You don't really have a means of defense. It's not like Resident Evil or Silent Hill where you can shoot or hit things. By and large, there's some objective set for you, and when the killer shows up, you run, you hide, you outmaneuver. And while that is more about establishing like the sense of helplessness, it gave me the idea of like how to really do these things in a way that will be both uh, compelling to people and still keep things scary, not make you feel too empowered the way the Resident Evil games got after a while, which is you give the character a skill it can be anything as long as the skill isn't the application of violence, because by nature of, I don't know, just games, whatever uh, you're gonna always look to outdo your aggressor in that way maybe that's just human nature so you give the character a skill doesn't matter what, it could be anything. It could be climbing, hiding, jumping, taking pictures, to operating machinery, putting mm-hmm. shit together, anything. And you let them you let them be good at that. You let them excel at that. You let them be fucking amazing, maybe even godlike with it. As long as it can't be used to flat out overpower your attacker. You still have to run, you still have to hide, you still have to be fearful of their use of violence. But you're not helpless. You are capable. So you sort of scratch that itch of, like, developing and improving and becoming good at, like, a skill within a game. But still have to contend with fear. Yeah, that makes sense. It's all about balance. Mm Mm-hmm. Huh. Uh, so yeah, I I don't know that I care too much about this. I probably will never play it unless it gets like rave reviews or something. Yeah, um, it looks like it could have some element of mind fuckery, but it also looks like yeah. it might try too hard in that direction. Yeah, it looks like it might just be kind of throwaway. Um, if I had to venture a guess based on what I saw, they're conditioning people to be murder machines. Yeah, it kind of looked like remind me of Brain Scratch for some reason. Mm. Like Cowboy Bebop episode. Yeah. Migrate to virtual reality movement or some shit. Yeah. It looked like it had something. It made some comment about reality or something. Uh, yeah, I think like the term what is real is maybe the tagline to the game. Mm-hmm. Or at the very least, I saw it a couple times in that trailer. Um. Yeah, I sent you a link. Apparently they revealed Lee for... Um, Tekken 7. Oh, yeah, I saw that. I uh, watched that. That's cool. Um, I like I like his coat. I yeah, I like his coat. coat, too. They gave Kazuya the coat, too. I'm stoked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, apparently Raven is a, a lady now. There's a... I think it's just a... I'm thinking Raven is a sect of ninja in this game. 
Master Raven. Does yeah. that make sense? A sect of black ninjas. <laughs> yeah. Excuse me, Mike. I'm going to Japan for training. <laughs> going to become a raven. Cool. Maybe they just didn't want to get sued by Wesley Snipes. No, the last article was just a... Uh, it's a Mafia 3 thing. I kind of threw it in there. It's a little trailer for Vito Scaletta, who's in the game now. Uh, he, I think I saw something in there. Apparently he's in another Mafia game. Yeah, he's the protagonist of Mafia 2. Oh, that's interesting. Um, which I kind of enjoy, because he actually... Uh, there's a part in Mafia 2 where he interacts with a part of of Mafia 1 as mm-hmm. well. So, uh, less so like the Mafia 3 part of this, I'm just kind of um, more interested in, in that idea of like characters that kind of show up in other games, like main characters. Mm-hmm. I kind of, I just like when that happens. Oh, like, uh, did you play Samurai Western? Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> like discovering who a certain character is in that game? Yeah. Yeah, Don Sam. Pretty great. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so Vito's in... And they're doing a whole thing where it's... It's funny because it's like the, the 60s or whatever. But they seem to be doing some kind of... Uh, Fast and Furious type of Motley crew, like mm-hmm. I don't got friends, I got family type mm-hmm. of thing. Uh, I'm Vin Diesel. I play D and D. Yeah. <laughs> Me and the Rock got beef right now. Muscle beats import every time. <laughs> the things I'm gonna do for my country. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, yeah, that's it for the news. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I guess we have our topic now. Um, talking about, uh, ambitious games. So, topic. Ambitious games. Ambitiousness. Yeah. Uh, I guess we should start with Peter Molyneux. <laughs> yeah, you want to talk about ambitiousness and, God damn it, he, like... I mean, he he had us both. Like we both really liked him. Yeah, I mean, I still like him. I just, I just him kind of like it's like my feelings on him are kind of like David Cage minus the spite I have for David Cage. Yeah, because they're both kind of like in their own world, but I feel like Molyneux is not as up his ass about it. He doesn't make comments like "Game Over" is just a failure of the designer, and then <laughs> not address it or address it in the stupidest way possible. Yeah, I can't even honestly remember anything that he promised that I was looking forward to that he didn't deliver on. But I, you know, it's just a case of him making, you know, just spitting off every idea that he has for his games to try. Mm-hmm. And they they write it down, mm-hmm. and then it was not in there. It's like, where is this? Yeah. Uh, I just had like an example of uh, something, but I can't remember what the fuck it was. Yeah, I feel like it started with Fable. 
where it was it was supposed to be like like a I don't remember the exact explanation you gave, just like a more dynamic uh, system, and not the straight clear cut. This is the good choice. This is the bad choice. The game progresses the same regardless. Yeah, I mean when you look at oh right, what I was going to mention was like uh, I, sometimes you even just hear little blips. Like aren't even games. Like I remember Steven Spielberg was like, he's like he's gonna make a game for the Xbox 360 that's mm-hmm. gonna make people cry. Mm-hmm. It was like called Project LMNO. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just got scrapped after a while. Yeah. They actually brought Jason Jason Rohrer into work on that for mm-hmm. a little bit. Uh, the guy that made Passage. Ah. Uh, um. That could have been good. Yeah, it could have been cool. I, I think to start off with saying something like that, not pretentious, but it's a little like, I don't think you can start off with that way. You have to have a different goal. Mm-hmm. Like you want to tell a story or make some kind of connection or, or something like that. Yeah, you don't want to be like, this is what I'm going to do to you. Yeah, that's a long way to start off a project. <laughs> um, but uh, what's... I guess, um, I, I think Molyneux, he's got a reputation for not living up to things, but yeah, I think a more interesting person to who we talk about all the time to talk about in this sense is Kojima, because mm-hmm. he's extremely ambitious, and there are things that I can think of that were cut from his games, like, mm-hmm. but they're always, like, small. Um, yeah. Like, a uh, snake was chewing gum in one of the trailers from MGS2, and then they cut that mm-hmm. for some reason. And then he, uh, you were gonna, it's supposed to have scars, which they, they kind of did do in MGS3. They, they kind of go away, but yeah. he was talking about the idea that your snake would look different than someone else's by the end of the game. Yeah, there were, like, hints of that. Like, if you have, uh, if you've been careful to treat your wounds immediately and don't have any of the, uh, scars then when Vulcan is interrogating you, he remarks that you're like, <laughs> compares you to like a baby, whereas uh, if you're scarred up and banged up, he'll talk about how you've seen some, some battles, some... Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I've ever gotten that one. He's always like, you have a beautiful body. Yeah. Well, well, yeah, the first time I played it, I would like leave some shit in there. Like, for the rest of the game, I had a couple of arrows sticking out of Snake's back. I couldn't remove them because I left them in there too long. And um, that, amongst other things, yeah, when I got to that point, he was like, you've seen a lot of battle or some shit. Yeah, I think it's interesting to talk about Kojima because he has delivered on, mm-hmm. on like, ambitious projects. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, delivered very well. And there's also been times where things have just fallen apart for him. Yeah. Um, MGS MGS four, MGS 5's the more recent example of mm-hmm. very public. Like this just fell apart. Yeah. Um, but MGS four was actually really troubled and kind of cobbled together. And the mm-hmm. saving grace was that they didn't come out and talk a lot about what they were trying to do. Yeah. They talked a little bit about it, mm-hmm. but it was like like the idea of sneaking through a, a battlefield. Um, you get that in the game, but it was originally supposed to be, like, huge. The scope was supposed to be wide. Just like moving through an ongoing war. Yeah, and you could, like, turn the tide of battle and things would change and there was all this stuff that was going to be in it. And mm-hmm. they actually had to revamp that whole engine. 
and then there's on top of all of the technical aspects of the gameplay there's like fans going down his neck like I want you to answer all of these questions yeah I have all these questions that I want exact easy to understand answers to I'm dumb well here you go I'll just write this and put it in the game yeah like I can, I can understand some of the confusion with two because it's taken, it, it, it took people a decade to understand two. I, I, I don't understand why people were still pissed off and confused by the end of three. Were they? Yeah. Oh. I mean, they were as they were yeah. demanding shit for yeah. four because they didn't get enough from three. Whereas I felt like right. three, even for someone who wasn't in to the level of depth Kojima was trying to put out with two, like. Three was within seemed to be within reason. Yeah, um, I mean, it answered the questions. I, I think that's the other thing is, well, I just said it, is he was pushed into making a lot of those story decisions, mm-hmm. um, but he didn't want to because that's kind of why he did three was one as a reaction to two as not being like a straightforward story, and then there was you know it has sort of an explanation about the Patriots. Yeah, but, but then you have then he was just like in four he's just catering to fans who want to know all this like why is vamp like a vampire like why can't why did this happen why are these little tiny things like what's up with liquid's arm it's like all this shit that didn't really need to be explained like mm-hmm. just and then the entire like like the whole thing a big boss coming in and explaining everything at the end like we we keep talking about this yeah but about how bad it is but it's like he just explained a bunch of shit that was never even asked asked yeah it's like it's like he wanted to answer questions about MGS3's relationship to the rest of the series and instead of because I mean he has said that every game wants to be his last instead of yeah he was saying that since 2 instead of telling that story which he eventually sort of went back with and fleshed out a little more in 5 he like explained the whole thing at the end of 4 and then of course people are like and then he goes back and like shows it in 5 it's like it's just insane but he's a rare exception where he can fuck up and it'll still be like getting 10 out of 10s and sell millions of copies Mm mhm yeah, um, I don't know, other games that were ambitious? Um, one thing I want to touch on with uh, MGS before we depart from that is uh, what would have been the final confrontation in 5, which is basically, uh, what was it? it was, it was uh, supposed to be Outer Heaven, or, or I guess, what was it called, Diamond Dogs at the time? Diamond Dogs versus Liquid and the uh, Metal Gear. <laughs> yeah. And it was meant to basically be a war. Like a literal yeah. ass war. That you play through. You call in airstrikes, you got people. Co- you, you just. Yeah. Yeah. And he wanted just, to do that. It was all cut. I mean, mm-hmm. the whole ending was cut. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's crazy, but that was. Some of it wasn't up to him, but uh, some of it probably was his fault, but. Mm-hmm. Hard to say, but. Yeah, the way way Konami was dicking him around. Mm. Yeah, but you mentioned David Cage and. Uh, Hello, I'm David Cage. Please play my movie. That's another one. He less. He's it, more infuriating than Peter Peter Molyneux because, yeah. like, he thinks 
he's so much better than he actually is, and he thinks he's better than he actually is for the wrong reasons. Yeah, it's like Molyneux promises like specific things about his game, and that end up not working out one way or other. But David Cage, like, like he exudes like a, a feeling of how he wants to make you feel mm-hmm. and how you're supposed to feel about yeah. it. Yeah, and sometimes it works, but a lot of times it doesn't. Well, the the thing is, is the parts that work aren't those ones. Like he thinks he's telling this like like gripping and like high ass drama to you and with this with this like with like grand spiritual elements moving and blotty blah and it's like that's not what's getting people it's you making simple ass stuff engaging and like having something as small as a guy washing his hands actually matter <laughs> it's disappointing but uh it's infuriating, especially when he like starts talking shit. I don't know. I heard his next game looks cool. I'm hoping he's finally figured it out. Figured it out to just like actually do what he keeps telling people he's going to do, and just go smaller in order to facilitate that. Yeah. Um, well, what I, part of what I like about this game, other than how it looks and how it looks to play, is that I've seen more of the game than I have seen of him talking about the game. Yeah, that's the other thing. Seen very little from him, but uh, he almost had a perfect trailer. <laughs> I I yeah. made the joke in the episode, but I gotta do it again. Uh-huh. He almost had the perfect trailer, and then the main character turns to the camera and says, "I'm blahdy blah. This is our story." And I swear to God, I said out loud, "Play my movie." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, shit. <laughs> Motherfuckers. Well, what's the uh, most ambitious game you've ever played? Um, I'm having a hard time coming up with... I want to say one game, especially when it like first came out, in that uh, it was a, a kind of game I dreamed of playing but never thought would be made. I just never thought it could be done. Uh, when I found out that Way of the Samurai existed. Mm-hmm. And I, I guess it's just like getting to live that experience. And they figured out how to... Do, they By making it compact. Yeah, it's very... It's very satisfying. It's a really satisfying game. Mm-hmm. It's, when I think of that game, I don't think of it as ambitious, per se. I think of it as like just well thought out and planned. Yeah. Executed. But I feel like when a lot of people, when people like David Cage or even Peter Molyneux come in with ideas like those, that's the thing they should draw from. Yeah, and it was kind of, they kind of did it before all of, all of, I don't know if it came out before Indigo Prophecy, but it might have. I think it did. It was on a purple disc. Yeah, I think so. It may not have reached the states before Indigo Prophecy. I'm not sure, but it was definitely out before. But uh, yeah, when I think of ambitious games, I think of like the ones that succeeded. I keep coming back to GTA Three. Oh yeah, that was well. That that's the thing everyone was like dreaming of. They were playing like one and two. Yeah. In London. Yeah, a full. Well, I mean, it was. 
not the first like fully open 3D world really, but it was the first to like. It was also you, just the options, like all the yeah. shit you could do. Yeah, and it put you in like a living city. Yeah. That felt somewhat alive. Mm-hmm. There was like, I mean, you could steal any car. You could listen to the radio stations that. Mm-hmm. You know, people like all the chatter on the streets, all the different pedestrians that you could just like murder at mm-hmm. will. So much stuff to do. Yeah, and to that end, I feel like they did that and they changed the game. Then they did Vice City and they kind of refined their their storytelling. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah, fucking San Andreas. And then San Andreas, that was like holy shit. That might be one of the biggest games I've ever played. Mm-hmm. Um, as big as, like, any RPG. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I think, I, as far as games that I've spent a lot of time in, <laughs> there's, like, Skate and, and Oblivion, but those are sort of open-world, like, do-what-you-want. Like, yeah. A lot of that is spent, like, fucking around and, like, mm-hmm. you know, just discovering shit. But, but San Andreas and, like, Final Fantasy VIII were games that were tailored to be that length. I feel like San Andreas was, like, a... 50-hour game or something like mm-hmm. that. It was huge. It was huge, and there was so much shit to do. You could fuck. You could do anything. It was insane. Mm-hmm. And there was so much territory. I don't know. Final Fantasy VIII to me feels like. Well, this was like at the time when Square was all about pushing. Yeah. Namely, namely graphic graphical power, but also like the scope of story. Yeah. Stories like bigger than any you'd seen in video games up until that point. Uh-huh. I feel like that's the biggest game I've played like as far as like story and like just traveling all over the this world and like things happening and being engaged and like things not being retread, which happens a lot. Yeah. In today's games, um mm. but it was it's just such a gigantic game. It's like a 100-hour game. Mm-hmm. Or I think I put like 80 hours into it. Yeah. Before I was at the final castle. Yeah, I don't know. Those are probably the biggest games I've, I've played. And uh, what's funny, uh, I guess the reason I brought this topic up also, part of it was because No Man's Sky. Oh, yeah. And Folks people are, are losing their shit. <laughs> yeah, it's coming out and people are starting to realize it's, it has it's more of this idea of ambitiousness rather or, or, or big. Like Jim Sterling said this a few times in his review and his, his Jim Inquisition that nowadays we're kind of conflating like bigger with mm-hmm. like depth and that's not really the case. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, the universe is huge in No Man's Sky, but you're essentially doing the same thing over and over again. And yeah. if And if that hook of seeing new planets and, like, new creatures and stuff isn't... Mm-hmm. If that's not enough for you, then you're not going to get a lot out of it. It's it's kind of... It's yeah. Not necessarily vapid, but it's... There's this, like, idea of the big game, and even, like, when MGS5 came out, they're like, oh, this is... Like, every game, all these Ubisoft games, too, they're like, our map is this big. Like, yeah. Look at our fucking map. Yeah, but what are you doing with that map? Like, I, I keep going back to Way of the Samurai, but... Every location, that was a small-ass map, especially in the first one, but yeah. every location mattered. Yeah. 
not only did you have at least like one major event per location, you go there at any point in time and there's something else going on, not just story specific elements, but this this could just be a point in time where a key character is walking through. Uh what was the name of the purple purple kimono dude? Uh, I wanna say it was Fuck, why can't I remember that guy's name? Uh Toyoko or something like yeah, that? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, he's just like wandering samurai, and if you encounter him at certain times, he'll uh, ask you to meet him someplace and challenge you to a duel. Yeah. You know, and that's not tied into any given storyline. That can happen at any point in the game. You know, any point you encounter him, which are kind of set in certain locations and at certain times of the day, but it's something you can just wander into. Yeah, you always talk about that in Oblivion. Uh, you know, oh, the so- boat. Yeah, wandering into the boat. Yeah. Yeah. And then Uh, you just go to sleep on this boat that's also an inn, and it gets hijacked. Now you're at sea, and you've got to fight off some pirates. Yeah. Yeah, you know, talking about Respawn and Infinity Ward and Titanfall and Modern Warfare earlier, I don't know, going through Modern Warfare 3 earlier, kind of, it's like, and the whole thing with the Star Wars game that didn't have single player either. Mm Mm-hmm. It's like you can make these environments like No Man's Sky procedurally generate all of this content and shit, but at the end of the day, that's, that type of game is dependent on the right type of player finding it. Mm-hmm. And I think there's still something to be said for like the crafted narrative experience. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, like if there's something deeper in No Man's Sky, like you actually find hints at like the origin of the universe or some, like, lost alien race or some sh- something could be there. Otherwise, it's just kind of like playing uh, Borderlands and being like, oh, I found a new gun. Yeah. Which I but, enjoy. Don't yeah. get me wrong. But, uh... See, know. I couldn't... I couldn't... Borderlands was the same way. I couldn't take it for, like... That's why I feel like I'm so, super burnt out on No Man's Sky, like, it, it not even having real multiplayer... And there was a, an article that I forgot to put in there where they were, like, putting stickers over the, the multiplayer thing in, like, Europe. Yeah. Like, on the, on the back of the box. I don't know. They, like, Borderlands didn't really stick to me because I was like, this is it. Like, it's just kind of a, a standard shooter. Mm-hmm. It's just, like, a standard shooter and, like, you get guns and, like, that's it. But that hook wasn't enough for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Um, if we can talk about, about ambition, it's not uh, an ambitious game as much as an ambitious system that failed horribly, but still, the fucking Virtual Boy? We're doing VR now, and somebody tried to do it in the early 90s. Yeah. Gunpei Yokoi, the creator of the uh, Game & Watch and the Game Boy. Yeah. It's the head of its time. Mm-hmm. I suppose. I mean, the idea was, anyway. Yeah, we didn't quite have the means. I mean, there was a lot of stuff going on in that 16-bit era. You remember, what was that thing called? The Was it called the Activator? Or the... You remember that weird octagon you stood in and apparently punched and kicked in to fight? Uh... <laughs> For the Genesis? Sort of, I think so. Or what about that uh, vest that was actually supposed to jolt you every time you got hurt? Yeah, I remember that. There was a chair, too. Yeah. Yeah, that's another one. VR, a lot of VR experiments back in the day that are kind of paying off now. Mm-hmm. I feel like you gotta um, 
just as a whole in regards to ambition, you got to mention Yu Suzuki. Yeah. Really, his whole career, because I think the big one everyone's going to think of is Shin Mu. It is like epic saga that would, I don't know how many games he said it would span. I think it was like 13 or some shit. Yeah, like it was supposed to like start in 86 and go to what was the modern day at the time. So like, what was it 1999, 2000? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, you know, even before you got to think about like uh, Hang On, uh, Afterburner. Yeah. And, like, you know, you, those, you know, what, what became standard for the arcade then. Like, you have that motorcycle thing that you can, like, lean on, and you have the afterburner chair that moves around, and and then you have, like, Virtual Fighter, which is, like, maybe, like, the most in-depth fighting game ever. Yeah, I I mean, I was addicted to afterburner. Mm-hmm. I would actively seek that shit out. Oh, yeah. All the time. I loved it so much. But, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, talk about fucking that guy, like... <laughs> His ambition manifested in a very strange way, which I appreciate, like, the amount of detail in that world, but mm-hmm. most of that detail, it's like, doesn't matter. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's like, oh, yeah, get all these uh, little capsule toys. And <laughs> yeah. Or, like, open all these drawers. Go to this store, and you can buy, you can look at the batteries. Mm-hmm. It's like, I appreciate that. Yeah, well, I guess it's to make it, make the world feel real. Yeah. So they did a, a, a good job and the whole idea of like I think you have to beat it once for it to happen but uh you can set the uh, the weather mm-hmm. to match the actual forecasts. Oh, that's tight. Yeah. Yeah, Yusuzuki's a good one. Mhm. I really hope he can pull off Shenmue 3. Yeah, me too. Hopefully he can still sort of like com- complete that saga. Yeah. So I like the idea of it. I especially like the idea of like I've said it before, I don't know if it's ever gonna be confirmed that uh the beginning of Shin Mu is the end of Lan Di's Shin Mu like journey. Yeah. Uh can't really think I feel like this this topic is gonna be another one of those things where like a month later I'm gonna be like, God, I should have mentioned that Yeah. What's the most unambitious game you could think of? Metal Gear Survive. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> yeah. Just, just, just cash it in. Make some more money. So, uh, yeah, I think you, unless you have anything more to say. Um, let me think. Let me think. Think, 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 think. Uh,. I don't know. Can you think of anything like ambitious just in regards to narrative? Because there's a part of me that wants to say the God of War series, or at the very least one through three. Uh, I don't know. I mean, other than like, well, I mean, like Final Fantasy VIII, we kind of went over that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the Metal Gear games, somewhat. Yeah. I mean, especially two. I think that's that might be the like most daring and. Mm-hmm. Ambitious narrative ever in a game. It's yeah. crazy, or maybe of all time. It's just yeah. the, the way he he did that and and how it relied on the player expecting things because of playing MGS One. It's mm-hmm. brilliant. 
So that's like incredibly ambitious to the point where people, it took years for them to start understanding. It took the times changing and catching yeah. the ideas of that game for it to make sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of people would say Bioshock, but by the time I kind of played it, I was kind of unimpressed. Um, yeah, I was kind of, I was kind of meh on it as a whole. Yeah, me too. So wait, maybe you can just explain this to me. What about the reveal there is like what wows people? Is it is it just the the twist or? I didn't even I didn't even remember. Is it or is it, is it the fact that the game like like makes you helpless in what should be the climactic moment? What does it do? It's uh spoilers, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, Andrew Ryan revealing that like there's like that trigger word that's actually been controlling you the entire time. Yeah. And then he forces you to kill him. To kill him. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm. I think about that. It's just kind of they sort of playing on the idea of the player um, as kind of a. A puppet to the game. The whims of the game. Yeah, like you... It's pointing out the fact that you basically have to go and and do whatever mm-hmm. this game says, and you've kind of given up your free will to do that, and mm-hmm. he's taken that away from you. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. I don't know. I thought yeah. it was fine. I thought I thought like oh that's a nice twist but that was kind of like the beginning of an, beginning and end of my feelings on the matter. Yeah, I, the gameplay just didn't. It was very shooty for me. Um, I appreciated some of the freedom. Like okay, you can use telekinesis to do this. You can use your powers in this way. You can develop a unique setup of like powers and physical abilities. Up, you know, upgrade the gun. The the combat was serviceable. I want to say a little more than serviceable. I enjoyed yeah. playing it, but uh, yeah. Yeah, but people made it out like it was this great masterpiece yeah. of gameplay, and it was really just. Fine. It was it was uh, a good FPS. Yeah. Story. It's a good thing no one listens because we'd be getting a lot of hate mail right. Now. Yeah. I mean, I, know, I think I was more impressed the first time I played it. Like in the dark for a few hours on my brother's Xbox and then when I went back to it on PC I was a lot less impressed. I just yeah. felt like I was doing the same thing over and over again. Yeah, I feel like I benefited from not like uh I guess like playing it during all the hype. Did you play Infinite at all? No. It's okay. Mm. It's got some big moments that are nice, but uh by and large, it's just okay. One last thing I do, one last game I do want to mention hasn't come out yet, but uh, struck me with its ambitiousness. Uh, Breath of the Wild. Hmm. The new Zelda. Yeah. Man. It's just a uh, really big, and I've seen some like dynamic uh, gameplay to it. The hmm. the big moment I always go to is like setting a fire in front of this boss and then using, like, the heat causing you to rise on the glider. <laughs> mm, that's cool. Yeah. 
Yeah, we'll see about that one. And, you know, obviously the fact that, like, what we've seen during all of that Nintendo gameplay, all that time Nintendo wasted, was 1% of the map. Okay, well, anyway, that brings us to, uh, the end. Uh, yeah, we already did the recommendations, yeah. what you've been playing. Mm-hmm. So, uh, if you want to keep up with this show, um... You can follow NAGP Returns on Twitter. Uh, That's usually Joe's account, but I'm sort of running it, so it's sort of sparse. Uh, You can follow me, my show over at Hyper90s on Twitter. That's uh, sort of whenever I feel like it podcast about the 90s. About that up on the SoundCloud. K-Listen Radio, we're on SoundCloud. Uh, The website's currently in flux. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because we're broke. Yeah. You can find everything on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, Android, or on Facebook. Did I miss anything? Uh, Android, iTunes, Google Play, Facebook, Twitter. No, I think that's everything at the moment. Yeah, hey, listen to radio on all of those things. Um, there's a. Oh, yeah. I'm on Twitter at Old Taku Connect. Yeah, if you want to follow just the feed of our shows, it's a Halos Radio mm-hmm. shows. There's mine, there's this one that I mentioned. And then Jumper Cables is Old Taco Connect. What's your show about? Uh, Animu. Mm-hmm. And uh, me forcing you to watch Animu for my, like, divert, diverse, perverse, schadenfreude-like joy. Uh, I want to say at the time that this comes out, it'll be a commentary track for episodes two and three of Host Club. Like, follow, subscribe us. Yeah, yeah, all that shit. Do all that stuff. Just, just talk to us. So, yeah. Got any final thoughts? Um, there's nothing that hasn't already been said. Konami is fucking up like they are one to do. Uh, I was surprised at the lack of Nintendo news. Hopefully that means they're getting their shit, putting it in a bag, and getting it all together. <laughs> Hopefully. Uh, but da, 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 da. Um, not a whole lot else. I hope Gamescom went well. Con, 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 whichever. Yeah. I have more news about that next week. Hopefully we'll have more news once the Olympics are done. Yeah. Uh, this week was pretty dry. Yeah. I think uh, we had just the right amount of news. Mm. We for two hours here. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I hope Joe comes back soon. Yeah. Uh-huh. This is really throwing me off. Although, it is nice to be kind of more, it's more flexible with two people. Yeah. <laughs> but I miss doing your show. Yeah. Um, we'll do one eventually. I, is, like, is yours it, Yours is the show where I get the while out the most. Yeah, there's at least a uh, a commentary sitting around somewhere that I need to edit. Mm. Figure out what to do with. Um, uh, you, you've been teasing me with Dragon the Bruce Lee story for months now. <laughs> We'll see. We'll get it together one of these days. Um, but yeah. Thanks for listening, kid. TTYL. Will Jumper Cable survive another week of not podcasting?
Tune in next time. Same bat time, same bat channel. Bang. <laughs> See you, space cowboy. Oh, gee. <laughs> Bang.